You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good day, everyone. I'm Ryan Roberts in for Gary Byron. It's the Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast with me today. And usually Gary's guest, of course, is Rob Weinberg. Rob, how are we doing? I'm doing well this morning, Ryan. How you doing? So I'm going to forego the typical Gary ask you how your week is because I know how much you yep. absolutely loathe that. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go right into it today. Today... We're talking about family opportunity loans. That's right. That's right. Super excited to bring this topic in because we've never talked about it before. It's a little-known, seldom-used mortgage program and just amazing program. So I really want to go into detail. I want to show people opportunities they have with this that they never even thought about or knew about and just shed some light on this, uh, again, little-known program. So what exactly is a family opportunity loan? All right. So the family opportunity loan allows you to buy a home as a primary residence or an owner-occupied home, even if you don't plan on living there as your primary residence. So what I'm talking about is buying a property for a parent or a child. And they would live in the home as their primary home. But if they're unable to qualify for the mortgage on their own, typically it's because they don't have enough income to do that. Then you uh, can actually go in and buy the home and you're considered the occupant, even if you're not going to live there. There's some huge advantages that we'll go into as to why this is such a, a, a huge break for home buyers and homeowners that are using this. But obviously, Buying a home as a primary versus an investment is just going to be a lot simpler, lower cost, et cetera. So it sounds like a really great loan program. It's one of the best loan programs. And again, seldom known about, which is why I want to just you know, blow the uh, the top off of this thing and tell everyone about it because you know, many mortgage loan officers, they have no idea about this. And I actually, my first early years in my career, I had no idea about this. I've done several of these over just the last six months. I've done many in my career, but so many in the last several months that I'm like, I got to bring this out. Everyone's asking me about different loan programs and different ways to structure loans to people's advantage, especially with all the craziness in the market right now. And this is one of these programs that really allows you to to do that. So let's talk about the advantages. All right. right? So yeah, why is a the family opportunity mortgage such a great loan program? And what specifically are the advantages? I'd say the number one advantage is because you're able to qualify for the home as an owner occupant that you're going to live there. It's a much lower down payment requirement. So when we are looking at the family opportunity loan versus like a regular conventional mortgage, um, we're talking about a big difference in down payment on an owner occupied home. You could be as little as 5% down in most cases versus 15 to 20% down in some cases, 25% down. If you're going to buy it, the old-fashioned way, just as a regular investment property. Um, so that's number one biggest advantage. Next thing's going to be lower credit score requirements because, again, you're buying it using this program. You don't have to have stellar credit necessarily to get the loan. Um, 
the normal protocol is when you're buying a second home or an investment property, you typically do need to have higher credit. I mean, 700 credit in a lot of cases is kind of like the starting line in a lot of in a lot of uh, underwriters and specific investors. They even want to see you at like 720, 740. So what about someone that's lower than that? Well, using this family opportunity loan, they can get in with, I've seen credit scores as low as 620 get approved through this program. So much lower requirements and much more flexibility. And then because it's an owner-occupied loan, you're talking about better loan terms, lower interest rate, lower closing costs, less points, less fees, just overall a lower cost loan. So you can see between the lower down payment, lower credit score requirement, and better terms, I mean, this is a no-brainer. And the only reason people don't know about or don't use this is when they don't know about it or haven't been advised about it. So I this is the first time I've ever heard about it. And I've learned so much from you just by Thank listening you. to you, you and Gary uh, every Saturday. <clears throat> do you find that I'm in the minority or do a lot of people not know about this? I, it's almost nobody knows about it, to be completely blunt with you. As a consumer, or as a homeowner or home buyer, you wouldn't know about this because it's not out there being publicized. It's not on the news or the radio or TV. Well, now um, it's on the radio. Now it's on the radio. <laughs> but other than this and, you know, the knowledge and, and education that we give or, or that sort of thing, um, you'd be surprised how many actual professionals, people in the mortgage industry, some have even been doing mortgages for a decade or longer, and you'd say to them, uh, family opportunity loan, or you talk about this and they – they, they look puzzled. They don't know what you're talking about. And it's because there's really no incentive for them. This is one of those things that a lot of experience, that's how I learned about this, is I was doing a loan for someone that would have qualified for this program, and I submitted it to the underwriter as an investment property, and the underwriter came back and said, wait, Rob, like everything I'm seeing here, this might qualify for this other program. Of course, this is many years ago, but it opened up my eyes to it, to this part of the, the conventional mortgage guidelines that, again, most people aren't aware, because a mortgage loan officer doesn't sit there all day just reading through the guidelines. Like, yes, we should. That is a great thing and a best practice, but most people are pounding the pavement, they're finding new business, they're processing and going through loan transactions. They're not just trying to dig up a needle in a haystack, right? So these programs, and this in particular, really only comes up to those who have experience with it. Like I always say, Ryan, it's all about experience, who you work with, the team that's behind you. This is one of those scenarios where you could choose the wrong lender. They don't know this guideline. They don't know this program. They don't have experience. You could end up paying literally six Six figures in additional fees and interest, not to mention an additional down payment if they put you in a regular investment loan versus this type of family opportunity program. So you said earlier that you've dealt with many of these over your career, but oh, yeah. more recently you've been dealing with them more. Can you give me some examples of the uh, the people that have uh, utilize the family opportunity mortgage? Yeah, I'm thinking through some of the ones just in the last like six to eight months because again, I've had so many recently. So I had a, a client come to me actually uh, like eight, nine months ago looking to buy a home for his mother. His mother, they're from Venezuela. The son moved over here, got a great job in Manhattan, making multiple six figures, just doing really, really well. Young guy and wants to move his mom here to live with him from Venezuela. The mom doesn't know English. She doesn't have a job out here, um, really has like no source of income. But being a good son and along the lines of his culture, where he's from, is like really take care of your family, take care of your parents. Sure. So now that he's 
family's doing so well, he wants to bring his mom over here and get her nothing crazy, not a huge house, little condo in New Britain, okay? $180,000 condo in New Britain. Then his mom will have a place to be. She'll be near him. She's in the US. So we looked at it and he's like, the main thing was his down payment because he knew an investment property, he was going to have to put down like 20, 25% in most cases for a condominium investment. So we looked at this family opportunity program, ran it by the underwriter and figured out that, hey, this is going to work. So now he was able to buy this condo for her only 5% down. Not only that, but the interest rate he was able to get was about a half a point lower than if he were to do an investment property. So all the way around, just a great thing for his family, great financially, kept him within his budget. It was just all the way around a great thing. So that's one scenario that I see. Another one is uh, one that happened early this year in January. It was a, a client of mine that I had done some work with years ago and she has multiple properties. She had one of her properties that her mother was living in, right? So she was having her mom live there and her mom's a bit older now and just living on social security. That's all her mom's got. But she was living in like this $400,000 house. So obviously her mom couldn't afford it on her own. So what we looked at doing was we did a refinance uh, on this property. We were able to pull uh, some money and reduce her interest rate. She was in an adjustable rate. We converted it over to a fixed rate. Her mortgage payment actually went down about $400 a month by doing this. The only reason we were able to accomplish that is because her mom was living in the property. Since her mom was living in the property, even though my client was not, we were able to do it as an owner-occupied refinance. She got a super great rate. It was long-term fixed program. Now she never has to worry about it again. And comparing apples to apples, like she saved significant amount in interest. She was able to get some cash back at closing, which she wouldn't have gotten if we had done it the other way. And now she's got like this really good fixed rate mortgage that her mom can live in now for the rest of her life and be financially secure and not have to worry about that rate fluctuating because that's what was happening. Her interest rate was fluctuating all over the place. And with the recent economic turmoil, she knew, hey, now's the time to lock it in. So we did that and it worked out great. Um, The last one I'll tell you, because I know we're limited on time here. Um, but I had a client that bought a home. Actually, they're from Connecticut and he bought a home down in Florida for his uh, his son that was going to college down there. I'm licensed in Florida, so I was able to help them with that transaction. Uh, obviously, being a college student, the, the the child didn't have any income, so the parent was able to buy it as their primary home, low down payment, great scenario, and uh, it worked all the way around. And now the child actually has this property that they're going to end up long-term refinancing into their name, and it'll help them build wealth. But right now, they can live there, and they're building equity at least the, the family's building equity for when they ultimately purchase it. So uh, just turns out great. And a lot of people with that college scenario, they think you can't do that because, oh, well, the college student doesn't have income. How's it going to work? And how's it going to play out? And this family opportunity loan is the perfect solution for that conundrum that so many parents have nowadays, right? Right. Well, this loan seems a little bit different than some of the other programs and loans that you've talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. Is there any additional documentation that may be different for this? Yeah. So little bit of different documentation requirements that we're going to need to show on this. So we have to be able to prove that 
the child or parent can't afford to live in the property on their own. So like a limited income, because that's really the main utilization of this is to buy a home or refi a home for somebody that can't do it on their own. So how are we going to do that? Well, we have to document it. So in a lot of cases, we might have to show their tax return or lack of a tax return. Um, if they don't file a tax return, then obviously they don't make over a threshold, certain threshold of money, so they couldn't get a mortgage. So that's a big piece is the documentation. Um, another thing is going to be like a Social Security award letter. So a big place that I see these programs used is buying uh, for an elderly parent. A lot of the parents, maybe they only have Social Security, like so many retirees in this country. Um, if they're lucky, they've got a pension, but most just have Social Security. So, you know, Social Security, you're looking at a thousand. 2000 a month, maybe on the high end. Like, I think the highest one I've ever seen is maybe $2,800 to $2,900 a month. Well, you can't afford a house and all your other expenses making a limited income, especially in the Northeast, right? So, if we can show that Social Security award letter of how much money they actually make, the underwriter will look at that and go, wow, they can't afford it. And now, boom, that's what allows us to utilize this guideline, but we do have to document it. They're not just going to let with an explanation letter, they're not just going to let it go through. They're going to ask for additional documents. They're going to ask for additional information. Usually my protocol is I'll submit a uh, letter of explanation up front to the underwriter to explain what we're doing, why we're doing it like this, who's going to be living in the property, that sort of thing. So they know how we structured the loan. Then once it's underwritten, they'll condition us for additional documents. Like I said, tax return, Social Security award letter, that sort of thing. And then we can submit that to the underwriter, um, you know, through the process. So we don't necessarily need all of it up front, but you do want to be aware of it. Uh, I know dealing with people that are coming here from other countries and stuff, it can be a little more difficult to get some of these documents. If we're going through things with the IRS, anytime you're dealing with the federal government, things don't move quick. So this is one of those scenarios where we want to be proactive in ordering things that we need for the process early on so it doesn't hold things up as we progress. Rob, let me just say this. I have been the uh, sort of a fly on the wall for all of your radio shows here with you and Gary. Gary is out um, for the foreseeable future. He's a little under the weather, so I'm in for him. I'm Ryan Roberts. And you're listening to the Mortgage Matters radio show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, which... I have learned so much from just being a fly on the wall. And if I could encourage everyone listening now to return to this station this time, exactly this time next week, and do it all the time, you're going to learn so much about uh, mortgages. And because I, I came into this completely green, and you have really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. Thank you. And I've never gotten a chance to really to really say that. You can contact Rob at robgw.com. If you have a question for him, 860-413-3938. Also, uh, sometimes we take questions from the mailbag. You can write us at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. This program sounds really, really great. And you said earlier, a lot of mortgage professionals don't even know about it. Is that why they may not offer this as a solution to their clients? There, Yeah, there's no real explanation to why some this wouldn't be offered unless it's unknown, right? So mortgage guidelines and mortgage programs, literally there's so many T's to cross and I's to dot, right? Thousands of guidelines we're talking about between Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, like all these loans. And then inside of each program, there's 
hundreds, sometimes thousands of different guidelines. And not to mention, they're always changing too. So you not only have to know the guidelines, but you also have to be kept up to speed. This year alone, there have been half a dozen changes that are major changes, uh, and a lot of them help people. But if your mortgage professional doesn't understand them or doesn't know about them, doesn't be kept up to speed on their continuing education and that sort of thing, then they're not going to understand and, and even offer you this sort of thing. And as I've been mentioning, that could cause you as a home buyer, as a homeowner, to pay thousands of dollars more in closing costs, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars more in interest over the life of the loan. Because really when we're talking about an investment property loan versus a primary home loan, we're talking about night and day. Okay, so there you would hope that someone maliciously is not going to just not tell you about this, right? Because they don't want to hurt you. It's just because of the education. It's because they don't understand it. I mean, even a seasoned mortgage pro may have only done several of these in their career. So, and you really have to dive deep and ask these questions, right? So when you go to your mortgage advisor and talk to them about buying a property or refinancing a property, they need to really dig deep with you to find out who's going to be living in the property. I mean, that's not just a surface level question. That's a little bit deeper without asking that though. If you weren't asked that, then this option will never be on the table, right? So really dealing with someone with experience that has not only a lot of experience in the industry, but experience actually processing these loans because they are a little bit different. That's what's going to be most important. That's why, again, who you work with matters. You don't just want to go into your local bank or credit union and sit down with the person that's right there at the front that's doing loans because they may only be in the industry a couple of years at most. Um, a lot of people new in mortgage start at a local bank or credit union. Nothing wrong with that. I've been there. We've all been there. But who do you want handling your biggest financial transaction, especially with something with this that's a little more in depth? The experience really is going to matter here. That's more important than what the interest rate is or the specific bank fee or any of that. It's actually getting the loan done, getting into the right program. Because if you did this wrong, if you you know, we're working with someone that didn't understand this, that didn't ask the right questions, that puts you in a regular investment property loan, and you find out maybe six months, a year, a couple years later, what about that family opportunity loan? Why wasn't I offered that? You're going to end up wanting to redo your mortgage. You're going to want to refinance it at that point and take advantage of this family opportunity loan. So as I talk about in my book, do it right or do it twice. And this is a perfect example of that because you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not asking the right questions, you're trusting others to do that. You may end up just uh, getting thrown under the bus, unfortunately. So it seems like in uh, mortgage, there's lots of things always changing and it's sort mm -hmm. of like a, an ever flowing river. How do you keep up with your and furthering your education? Because it seems like it's constantly a learning process. I mean, I know that you're really successful, but when things are always changing, you got to be on the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things along that. First of all, we are required by rules and regulations and compliance as mortgage loan originators in the United States of America. We have to do certain testing. We have to do certain continuing education. However, unfortunately, that continuing education doesn't necessarily translate to real world experience or real world programs. The, the educational courses that we must take every year 
They can be very repetitive and they might have been created uh, years ago. So they're not up to speed. So unfortunately, just having a loan officer that's licensed doesn't mean that they're kept up to speed. One of the things that gives me a huge leg up is, you know, my mortgage practice is powered by Benchmark Mortgage, which is a huge mortgage banker based out of Dallas, Texas. Many years, uh, actually, this is our 23rd year now in business at Benchmark Mortgage. So we're not a new player in the game. But with that said, we have an entire educational team. We have an entire training and compliance department. This is what they are focusing on is when a new guideline comes in, when a new program is available, when something changes, they're sending out corporate communications to us to say, hey, here's what's going on. Um, our lock desk, our secondary marketing department, they're sending out communications saying, hey, this guideline's changing on this date, or we can do this starting on this date. So there's this constant communication coming in, text, email. Um, we're doing webinars. We're doing Zoom meetings. Like It's always going on. And then on top of that, we have very direct contact with the major players um, when it comes to deciding these loans. People like underwriters, underwriting managers, uh, vice president of credit operations, people like that, they're on the cutting edge. They're getting this information before the public is or before us as loan originators are. So they can be sending out heads up. Hey, this is changing. Um, I have a monthly call with one of my underwriting managers every single month. We do about a 30 to 45 minute call where I can ask them questions about things I have going on with, with specific clients, specific loans. They can ask me questions about what I need and, and what I uh, need as far as being empowered to help my clients, different things they can be doing. So we can stay up to speed as you're seeing. There's all these things going on to make sure that we're there. But there's also people looking over the shoulder too to make sure. So even if something gets missed, this isn't a one-man show. You know, Processors, underwriters, these other people that can get involved that can say, hey, why didn't you look at it this way? Or, hey, this could save the client a bunch of money. So that collaboration is really what makes my company and, and my practice different from your local bank, your local mortgage broker, or uh, your credit union loan officer that, again, may not have a lot of experience. They may be a nice person, but it takes a village to get a mortgage done. And a lot of that village you aren't going to see. So it's not only about who you're working with, but who's on their team, who's backing them up, who's making all of that happen on the back end. So this, I mean, it seems like a very obvious statement, but as a home buyer, who you choose as your mortgage broker is more important than you would sort of initially think. Because Absolutely. if you don't have the kind of backing that you have and you're just sort of a lone wolf on the side, you may not be up to date as uh, quite as up to date as you are for sure. 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 Well, there can be, I mean, look, there's pros and cons to everything. And like any industry, there's retail, there's correspondent, there's wholesale. So, you know, who you choose is the most important thing. Who's working with them is even more important. And getting the loan done at the end of the day, getting you your home or getting you your refi closed, that's what's going to give you the peace of mind. So keep that in mind when you're looking for a lender. Well, speaking of pros and cons, what are some of the disadvantages of the family opportunity mortgage? Well, so like anything, there are disadvantages to this program. We can't talk about how great it is without going into the disadvantages. So probably the biggest disadvantage that I see is that you have to qualify with two payments because you're not buying a home for you to live in. You're buying a home for someone else to live in. So you have to qualify with your current 
primary payment. That could be a rent. Maybe you're renting an apartment somewhere or maybe you own a home somewhere and that's your main property. So we have to count that against you as your as an expense because you have that. Then we also have to count the new mortgage against you, the property taxes, the home insurance. If it's a condo, we have to count the homeowners association fee against you. So for those on like a very limited income, swinging two mortgage payments can be a, you know, a big hurdle, right? And when you talk about underwriters looking at that, they're looking that you're going to be paying both these mortgages and you still have enough money to pay all your other bills too. So it is a little bit more difficult to qualify specifically from an income standpoint because of the two payments. Um, so, you know, from a difficulty standpoint, you have to make more money, right? That That's really what it comes down to. Also, you'd want to ideally have a little bit less debt. So somebody that's, you know, got all these properties or all of these uh, car loans, credit card debt, something like that. I'm not saying you won't qualify, but it may be a little more challenging. Uh, and then the other big disadvantage uh, on this program versus an investment property loan is going to be that you don't receive any rental income to qualify. So whereas if you're buying like a two family house and you're not going to live in either unit and you're going to rent it out to somebody like a tenant, we can use some of that rental income to help you qualify for the loan. With the family opportunity loan, it's your family member that's living there. The underwriter's assuming they're not going to pay you any rent because they can't. They don't have enough income. So there is no rental income to use to qualify. You know, so that's definitely a disadvantage. But I would say the majority of those that I see using this uh, family opportunity loan, they are, you know, multiple six figure earners. They do well. They have a good job. They don't all own multiple properties. Uh, a lot of them, this may be their first or second property that they're just trying to help the family member out with. So it's a diverse group. But most of the time it is going to be your multiple six figure type of guys. Where can people get more information about this loan if they are interested. Yeah, so if this is resonating with you and you want to learn more about the Family Opportunity Loan, uh, you can reach out to me directly. Ryan will give all my contact info here in a second. Um, but if just in general, learning about new mortgage programs, financial strategies, personal finance, and how to use real estate to build your wealth, if that's something that is in tune with where you're looking to go, then I would really encourage everybody listening to go online and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Robert Weinberg Mortgage. And Weinberg is spelled W-E-I-N as in Nancy, B-E-R-G. YouTube.com slash Robert Weinberg Mortgage. YouTube is where you can get all of our most recent content. We have every video, literally hundreds upon hundreds of videos and clips on there from over the years that we've been doing this show. Uh, and then I would also recommend go follow us on Facebook and, and Instagram because we put out announcements about new shows coming out, new education, new knowledge we're sharing. So Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Weinberg Mortgage, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. Weinberg Mortgage. So check us out on there. Follow, like, share. If you know anyone else that's looking for this type of information, it's obscure. There's not a lot of this out there. We're one of the only sources for consumers, especially in the Northeast US, where you can get this sort of hands-on mortgage knowledge and mortgage education right from the source, right from somebody in the trenches every single day. So, uh, you know, you definitely want to collaborate with us. Shoot us an email with your questions. Ryan, carry it out with all of our contact. It's it's the Mortgage Matters Radio Show. I'm Ryan Roberts, in for Gary Byron, who is normally the host of the show. He'll be back 
in two weeks. It's also the Connecticut Real Real Estate Edge podcast. If you like to get in touch with Rob, you can get him online at robgw.com, or you can give him a call. It's really easy, 860-413-3938. I'll give that number to you one more time, 860-413-3938. And Oftentimes, Gary and Rob will answer questions from the mailbag. We have a special email address for that. That's the Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Rob, it's always an education being with you. Thank I'm you. I'm always a fly in the wall, but um, Rob is the, the mortgage man. And I'm going to give you the, uh, the website one more time. It's robgw.com. Thanks for being here again, Rob, and we're going to talk to you again next weekend. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.